0: Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. Presented to you with love by me, Lauren.
1: And her deliciously bisexual friend, Victoria. Hello, it's me. It is beautiful to have you again, and if it's your first time, welcome. We hope you stick around. In short, we're two smart and horny sweethearts from Australia who have an insatiable appetite for sex-centric media kindness, human connection, and getting knee deep in our very wet, feely, feely, empathetic feelings.
0: (laughs) And so usually on Wonderfully Done, it's all about us sharing opinions, answering questions, having conversations with you about what you're curious about, what you're stressed about in terms of sex, relationships, love, and everything in between. The one rule is that it is a real shame-free space, but today is another one of our baby-sodes. Baby-sodes just represent when Vix and I just want to go real (laughs) deep and broad on a question or a topic uh, and just getting really deep with a single theme.
1: Yeah, sometimes we just want to do what we want to do. And today is one of those motherfucking occasions. Uh, So we are, you know, obviously extremely passionate about the wide breadth of everything sex can be what it should be what we desire it to be what we fantasize it to be and we really want to be a part of making more of that soft gorgeous shame-free content that is thrust into the world for your enjoyment we want to giggle like sex is silly and it's fun and it can be such a positive beautiful bonding experience between us and other human beings uh so We wanted to do one that is near and dear to our squishy little hearts this week, uh, because today we will be celebrating Bisexuality Day. That's what it is in uh, Australia today. This is part of Bisexual Plus Awareness Week, everyone.
0: Hell yeah. So this is a real opportunity for Vix and I to talk about ourselves, because we're two deliciously queer ladies that are on the bisexual plus spectrum Mm -hmm. and chatting a little bit about our own personal journeys, what that's looked like, what's been easy, what's been difficult, and uh, just chatting to each other about that experience a little bit. Neither of us are educated professionals on bisexuality, but we sure (laughs) do have lived experience and we are gearing up to share all about it. So to start us off, uh, Vix talked to me about your sexuality what is your sexual orientation now and has that how has that changed since you were a little babin?
1: since i was a babin, well mm. uh t- today i identify as bisexual uh i've identified as bisexual probably since my early 20s uh i sort of knew i would say sort of like during high school definitely that like just the way that I was like experiencing attraction just seemed to kind of be different, <laughs> at least to what the uh, the people I was surrounded by uh, how they described it. Essentially, like I still remember, um, you know, sitting in my lunch group and having one of the girls say that you know if she ever found out that any of us were attracted to women, that she would never want to speak to us again. Um, there was other weird stuff with like, uh, at, at our school, you know, we had a winter kilt and uh, you had like, um like a pin on it and um to, to you know, hold it together. And so the, there was like the fat end and the skinny end. And it was like dependent on like, whether you were like straight or uh, a lesbian, you had it up or down. And then if you were bisexual, you were supposed to have it sideways. So obviously like nobody did and it would be like you know speculation would like go wildly if um <laughs> somebody Whoa. did have it you know the wrong way <laughs>
0: oh. oh my um, god just for a piece yeah. of your school uniform jesus yeah it
1: had a lot to say like there was like one extremely tough lesbian who, you know she yeah she took no shit so like that was nice to observe and you're like well you know that's cool that you can be yourself if you're like tough enough to beat other people up but like you know I I, I was like a soft babin that I feel like people would always say like weird shit like like oh I'm scared of Victoria and I'm like scared of what like so <laughs> I'm like a big baby marshmallow Why would-
0: <laughs> anyway so I
1: wouldn't say like that it was like super positive in, mm, you know mm. in those years or like i i just always thought it was like a bit weird that like you know we were at an this all girl school and you know all the other girls would be always talking about all of the like Pop star or like movie star boys and stuff that they were attracted to, and I was just I was just never kind of like attracted to any of these people, and I was just sort of like, huh, like I wonder what that's all about, you know? And like, but you know, unlike my private m- m- Mazin sort of shit, like it was definitely like all lesbian porn all the time, <laughs> like, like you know, always stuff of women, and you know, like going into like your you you know your parents' stuff, and you know, so it was you know a lot of porn focuses around women's bodies and like mm. you know so I feel like before I was questioning it too much that was just kind of it was just part of how I was experiencing my early sexuality and what mm. like turned me on and um mm. definitely women were a pretty strong part of that <laughs> um, but Has I- the
0: journey looked like assumed heterosexuality and then questioning and confused and then did you ever feel or self-describe as a lesbian at any point or were you just like I'm questioning and now I think I'm bisexual and then it's just kind of stayed there so to speak?
1: It took me a really sort of long time to put words on it like I think I didn't tell anybody about my other like interest tendencies until I was um I was probably 18. So I had moved away from uh, the small town that I was from and moved to the big city, which is actually a small city um, in the <laughs> yeah. scape of the world. And I still remember telling like my two like best pals at that time and just sort of saying like, you know, I think I might be attracted to women. And they were just like, oh, that's fine. Like, cool. <laughs> and I still just remember being so shocked that it was okay I would definitely say that like I've had a pretty like heteronormative like dating experience I think it sort of became the self perpetuating thing of like well I've got experience with men so you know and I like knowing what to do and like that's like cool and great um but yeah I feel like I just I didn't I really didn't know what to do about it. And by the time I think I was ready to start doing something about it, I was in a long-term hit relationship. And I still vividly remember one time saying to my partner that I was, you know, super interested in starting to try and sleep with women. And they were like, with me? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) no. Like, I had like one threesome, like... I think maybe before we got together, um, so you know the experience was pretty thin. Like um, I, I wouldn't say I think I think it's probably like mid twenties when I started calling myself that and kind of was like oh, I just think that this this represents sort of where I'm at and and who I am and you know of course felt the classic like guilt about calling myself that because i you know didn't feel valid enough to have that label because i you know i hadn't hadn't done enough of the qualifiers <laughs> 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 to deserve that title
0: <laughs> yeah and that's a that's a really tricky part of bisexuality in terms of feeling like you've earned being able to call yourself that you know because i think a Very lot of people are so. like i'm gay and they're and everyone accepts them being gay even if they don't have a boyfriend or you know mm-hmm. they've had that this kind of sex kind of thing but with bisexuals people are like but you have a boyfriend or whatever you know like yeah, you have to you have to pass your
1: whole being and like every Ugh. desire you've ever had is like culminated in this one fucking experience <laughs>
0: Yeah, just the real push towards a binary of even even society accepting the narrative that someone can come out as gay mm-hmm. and that they're like, oh yes, this is a very large thing that you should come out about, but bisexuality you'll come out and some people will be like, why did you bother? <laughs> like, but, but, you know, like, why is that a big deal? Why are you bringing mm-hmm. it up now? Mm-hmm. They think it's a, an easy sexuality. Oh, or,
1: yeah, and people like, labeling it as an attention getting thing like I think that was definitely I think I hear it less now but I mean I'm in very queer circles of people now um and I mean I probably was earlier but hadn't really cottoned on sort of like what some of the uh pull factors were (laughs) (laughs) in the friendships but um yeah sort of like that whole like oh just like trying to be sexy you know through that or which is so weird because it's just kind of like as if that's brought, if it, as if that brought more positive things in my young life, like this thing that I didn't really understand what it was and kept desperately secret and didn't, you know, didn't know how to talk about it.
0: <laughs> it's really hard with the with the bisexuality label, yeah. where no matter who you come out to there'll still be something where the person you're talking to feels that they could still get involved with you sexually, if that makes sense. So if I come out as a guy and say bisexual, they'll be like, well, that's interesting for me. And if I come out to a woman saying bisexual, she might think that that's, that I'm available to her. So there is an over-sexualization because it's not a sexuality where you come out and a whole gender group thinks that they don't have a chance with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, And I'm yeah. not saying that as a way of being like everyone who I come out to thinks they have a chance with me. I do not have this big of an ego. But it is a problem because it's you almost can't protect yourself, quote unquote, from a whole gender group. <laughs> Does that make sense? and people always want to ask "Well, do you find me hot and i'm like i don't like this exam i don't like this question at all
1: i would like to flunk this one
0: (laughs) Uh, because my my own label or identity would look more like um pansexual than bisexual and we can talk about how people feel that those things are different like to me Pansexual would be the sexual orientation that feels the most comfortable for me, mm-hmm. but bisexuality is more widely known and is yeah. a broad community and it's bisexuality plus as a label, so I feel comfortable with that. But then queerness is my community, so yes. bisexuality or pansexual is is my identity, like my orientation, but then queer mm-hmm. is like my community and that's a lot more broad, a lot more amorphous kind of a situation um and so it's very exhausting having an orientation being pan or being bi where you come out and then everyone has questions you know like if you come out as gay not everyone's got questions (laughs) Oh well
1: that's the thing people understand what that is right like that's (sighs) that's very clear um whereas it's just kind of like i don't know why there is this like fucking obsession why you have to understand every in a in a inner working of how somebody's attraction works towards other people like how is that any of your fucking business unless we're trying to make something or trying to pursue like I really hate how it 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 like becomes a conversation and like I totally want to have conversations about it with certain kinds of people but like as a I don't know what like kind of like as a science experiment kind of aspect or like about oh <laughs> you know or it's sort of like sensationalized a little bit or you know as we've talked about before the things around like unicorns and, yeah the the whole thing about like a, like the availability aspect that it gives can feel a little bit strange sometimes or that your experience and identity is to facilitate somebody else's fantasies happening.
0: Yes, and the discomfort of heteros when, you know, I'll I'll talk to a dude and we'll talk about orientation or something like that and I'll be like, yeah, I'm attracted to women. He's like, well, what's hot about women for you? And I'm like, am I answering this for your titillation here or are you asking me a vulnerable question? And then I'm like, well, like, what do you like about women? And they're Mm -hmm. like, well, obviously, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well... Is Mine's pretty similar. Like <laughs> women are amazing. And I don't have anything more interesting than that to really say. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like I would love to say that there were more like soft and gentle, wholesome inquiries that were a genuine desire to understand and explore together. But so much of, you know, those questions especially with like Sis hit dudes feels like masturbatory material, and um, yeah. Unless like I'm getting off too in that kind of way, I'm like, probs nah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really, me. it's really difficult when your orientation can be seen as a bridge or you're, like, a sex mentor kind of thing to uh, people, like, yeah. can be really hard. And, like, I also grew up in an all-girls school and mm-hmm. it was a fairly religious private all-girls school that had, a like, just not, a, like, pretty much no sexual education. None of it was same-sex attracted. Yeah. And so we were all a bunch of horny but repressed and sexually anxious <laughs> <laughs> high school girls and a lot of that did look like hooking up with each other at parties and things like that it was always under the narrative of like this is this is to be hot this is mm, just fun this is just whatever yeah. i was a girl that was a little bit more out about being attracted to women so i would mm-hmm. have quote unquote cool girls quote unquote practicing on me in terms really? of makeouts yeah so i was i was and it gave me quite a complex later in terms of being inauthentically kind of used because i was really desperate for female attention but it was never going to be a relationship for them and me really having a fantasy of the idea of a girlfriend (laughs) so just i know just like letting myself get super led along with stuff and and it being both invalidating and validating Validating at the same same time time. (laughs) (laughs) yeah talk (laughs) it's just a bisexuality experience like You know, you could hook up with someone and they still don't believe you. (laughs) It it could just be really difficult. You can hook up with a guy and then they'll believe you're straight and you can hook up with a girl and they'll be like, but you're really a lesbian. It's a big problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When Mm. you say that you were like more out than others, like what does that mean to you? What did that look like?
0: I think to me it looked like mm, talking a little bit more about same-sex attraction Doing little cultural things that made me look a little bit more queer, like I definitely dressed in a little bit more of a mask kind of way, mm-hmm. um, and would like would openly be available for like party hookups and whatever else, and talk quite a lot about my own discomfort around men, because mm-hmm. for me the the journey looked around being. Fourteen, fifteen, 15 and dating some guys that I dated them only because they asked me out and I yeah. was really not attracted to them and was like, is this just what dating guys is like? And then I had a really negative experience at a party of just like sexual harassment, like content warning, will not go into it too much, but just a very negative experience with a bunch of guys at a party where I was just like, Nope. Nope. Do not feel sexually safe at all around guys. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. And so I was like, I'm a lesbian. And a lot of that was just, I don't feel attracted to men. I hadn't had experiences of feeling safe and feeling attracted to men by then. But I know that I could feel safe and could feel that women were attractive. So I was like, I'm a lesbian. And I was and I sort of privately had that to myself. And talked just about, quote unquote, liking girls with people who were close friends at high school. Not being specific about being a lesbian much, I don't think. But then meeting a partner, you know, when I was 16-ish that I was like, I'm attracted to this person and they're not a woman. What? (laughs) Like, and then getting confused again. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, they were really, like, non-gender conforming and things like that, and, like, that partner now knows that they're non-binary and things, but that was an experience where I was like, maybe maybe I don't just like girls, and then being confused again, and mm-hmm. so kind of cyclical confusion is is a big part of lack of bisexual representation, because you feel like you have to just kind of be one or you the gotta, other.
1: you got to choose. Ugh,
0: so and you- all that sort of stuff. Aww. So then it kind of went from there for me to be like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not a lesbian, so I guess I'm maybe one of these other things. And, like, fortunately I had really good mentors in my life that were that were trans, that were pan, that were poly and things in this really supportive, lovely way that helped me feel like, oh, no, actually this kind of relaxed broad identity is okay and then from there it's kind of look, been pretty steady yeah. so yeah my my sort of sexuality confusion was pretty um <laughs> pretty intense around the ages of 14 to 16 which is also when i had a whole bunch of mental health and disordered eating issues and things as well <laughs> so it That's was like a messy couple, couple of years, years. Yeah, it was a hard time yeah it was a real hard time yeah. but it's i do not have I do not have anxiety around my sexual orientation now and have come out now, like, yeah, like came out to family in a fairly quote unquote cowardly text message kind of uh, (laughs) method to a lot of family (laughs) from around 21 and I feel like having a male passing partner for a long time meant that a lot of people could kind of conveniently forget or not pay attention oh, yeah, to, it to me not, not being really straight.
1: meaningful. It's not like a threat to their narrative Ugh. of you or what your life is going to look like and their hopes and dreams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then a whole bunch of things have happened since in terms of gender identity for that partner and things like that, that have was totally, you know, um, shaken, shaken things up for everyone's assumptions in terms of my family, which, you know, which is now a, which is now a relaxed kind of feeling for me. So yeah, it's been nice to, to relax around my sexual identity, uh, and working in the industry that we work in and the friends that we have now, like I'm turning 31 soon. Like, I feel like I don't have to explain my sexual identity very much. Um, it's a lot more relaxed now.
1: Yeah I feel like it's like super chill like of course because you know I haven't lived here for that long I've been in Melbourne for about three years and um, I guess I, like I'm jelly that you had you know people earlier, earlier on to sort of you know look at what life could look like you know sort of like because I'm you know the intersection of like uh, you know non, non-monogamy and queerness and kink and all those sort of things like there seems to be like a really strong overlap and also you know like game dev like our specific area like definitely like there's like a whole lot of overlap at least in the you know the circles that we run in um, but like when I lived back in New Zealand it, you know I guess I left when I was 26 and at that time I'd only ever met two people in my whole life that had just softly Mentioned to me that they were even exploring non-monogamy and I just, I don't, I don't know if I'd re- e- ever really heard much or anything about it. And um, I mean, I knew, I knew men uh, that were, you know, openly gay and I... Y- I for a long time I was like well gay men just really like fat sassy women and like that's what I am so that's how we keep coming together um but sort of like looking back retrospectively I'm like actually maybe it was sort of like like my first sort of iterations of queer community and Mm. you know people people who who were like me
0: yeah big shout out to Aaron in my life he just had his birthday recently and yeah Aaron's the mentor that I was mentioning like yeah. this was a like this was a, a fat disabled queer trans poly man that was so lovely to me and didn't take any sexual advantage of me, was a friend, was lovely, and I could just see them living their life with their partners, and they were so patient. And I'm writing all of these heartbroken long live journal entries where I was literally listing all the girls in my class that I had a crush on and how it was so (laughs) impossible to date any of them, and just the patience, you know, that he had was just, it did make a huge difference for me. And this is just a random person who I made friends with on the internet that was probably some rabbit hole from Neopets forums or some shit like that. It was just the happiest (laughs) accident. And sometimes you can just have a really nourishing, lovely early life relationship or friendship that helps protect you so much because he was, you know, so lovely to me and so helpful for me that it meant that I had an outlet I was still fucking confused as hell and I was lonely yeah. in a lot of ways but I had that relationship and I had a little fledgling online community where it was okay to talk about that stuff and it made a huge difference I really hate to think about what position I would have been in if I hadn't have had that and just the internet really helped me figure out that I wasn't straight <laughs> it would yeah, have been harder before man,
1: I only had things like grooming and shit happen, where am I like, <laughs>
0: That is where, so unfortunate where, where and so am I common.
1: Wholesome experiences. Why did this not happen for me? I, I've given you my whole life, internet. What are you gonna give back?
0: And that's it, you know, listeners out there. If you're not straight, or if there's anything, even if you are straight, reaching out to the teens that might be confused about things, letting people know that they could talk to you about stuff. You know, that they can share with you about things, that makes a huge difference. And I'm so jealous of the bloody Generation Z Zoomers oh and what I see Me on TikTok too. and how smart they are and how open they are it's and so how beautiful. much better the representation is. I'm so jealous and I'm so happy at the same time that I'm seeing, like, you know, ace, demi romantic, non binary trans kids who are 13 and 14 and they know this about themselves oh my god bloody amazing so good it's
1: so beautiful I feel like I've talked to you about this before how I just feel like TikTok's just slowly making me like gayer (laughs) And, and I do wonder you know if I had have had access to different things like what like how I would have developed as a person like it just feels like so much of my queer experience is almost like playing catch up you know Mm, mm, mm. and that's like hard sometimes like there's like certain experiences that I still haven't had yet and I have a lot of you know shame and anxiety around um and you know I still get like a little bit nervous with like the queer community in general and I know it's like a super common by experience but feeling yeah you know like you're not queer enough to be a part of things and and how to insert yourself in a, in a meaningful way that feels good to you, and what you want out of that, and what you want out of community. I feel like I'm definitely still working some of those pieces out.
0: Yes, and it's so hard as well, because we talk about the over-sexualization of bisexuality, and it's like, I wasn't able to find bisexual representation that literally just isn't porn. That was a big problem. Yep. Like yeah. so yeah. so uh, me being like liking women is doing all of these really extreme sexual things with them instead of just fluffy, nice crush feelings. Like it immediately went to hardcore pornography when I would Google bisexual on my early internet experiences. And that's uh, a huge problem. <laughs> it's a big problem. It's really oh, difficult. Yeah. That's, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my tiny heart. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. And I mean it's it's much better now where there are more depictions of bisexuality, there's more conversations around like more plural sexual identities and things, so it's much better. But yeah, the oversexualization issue is definitely a really really hard one. And I feel really guilty because when it comes to media, Um, villains, you know, in Disney movies or in TV shows (laughs) are often seen as being sexually transgressive, their appearance is unusual, they are often gender non-conforming, and that makes our little queer brains go, bing, 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 like, mama, (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) So having crushes on villains and then being like, bisexual (laughs) people are duplicitous or evil or... You know, we have weird sexual powers that will make anyone be seduced by us. Like, I can't help but kind of love that because those were the tropes that I saw at these formative days
1: wish I had that power in the world I mean I feel like I definitely assume more people have crushes on me than probably do but I just think I'm really great I don't know know? Vix
0: I think the listeners will tell you otherwise
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just assume that like people would see all of this and be like yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) and something else that's really hard is you know the experience of coming out people sometimes invalidating your coming outness where it's like, but how do you know? Because you haven't had a girlfriend or something like that. Like, that's really, really difficult. Oh, and even, yeah. yeah, and if you are in a relationship, for example, if you're a queer woman and you're in a relationship that is quote-unquote straight passing, mm-hmm. you'll have to cyclically come out all the time and cyclically remind people.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's so exhausting. You know, here's my footnote. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I didn't actually, like, I didn't come out to my family until... um. I guess it must be like 27 i would Mm -hmm. say and i did do it after i had been on what i considered was like my first like proper date with a woman like i like you know kissed all sorts of people before then and that sort of thing and like there's like one threesome experience many eons ago (laughs) um, which is actually a very cute story um but anyway (laughs) so like i ended up like yeah like if giving like a phone call to like my sister and and I had one with my mom and she was just sort of like oh okay like <laughs> you do you <laughs> I was like oh Okay, <laughs> uh, I guess I will. <laughs> um, and I remember, gosh, who else did I tell? I did. T- I ended up telling my granddad on the phone, and he was like, "Cute, super chill about it." And I just remember thinking, like, "Oh, you've softened Cute. so much. That's delightful." Like, thanks, uh-huh. thanks for. Uh, I mean, like, it's it's funny. Like, I look back on things and like the way that I've like dressed myself, and the you know, I've always thought of myself as like. A lady's lady, I guess in the way that I feel like it's so much more likely that women will think I'm, be- like, not even talking about sexual attraction, but so much more likely that women will think that I'm beautiful than, than other people, men otherwise, will think that I am. Um, But because, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not classically attractive, you know, and um, that like I'm. Fat and loud, and um, you know, lots of things that women aren't supposed to be, and I've
0: men are scared of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I- I've had it for a long time. Like lots of people describe me as yeah, like scary and too loud Ugh. and Ugh. all that sort of stuff. And so you know, I feel like so much of my life has been you know suppressing myself in a variety of ways. So I guess it you know it, it makes a lot of sense. Like why would I be forth? forthright about this thing that I'm kind of frightened of and and don't really know how or where to express it you know
0: it's really difficult and I was like tweeting about just the gender balance is really interesting because I think as queer women we're often like Men fucking suck and women are amazing. And those things are (laughs) true. (laughs) And I was, you know, I was tweeting saying that the vast majority of men, like 99.75 or whatever percent of men, uh, especially cis men, are not relevant for me. Like they're not Mm, interesting for me. They're not relevant for me. I have got really narrow filters for men. And then for women, my like my I don't want to say like standards, but like my requirements, yeah, my my requirements or what is attractive for me in women is so broad, and I'm so much more comfortable and so much more relaxed with women. But then there's this classic bisexual problem of how do I communicate my interest and my flirting with women? Because overall, I can just pay attention to a guy and have nice body language and be a bit touchy, and then it's so much more clear and understood that there's a crush going on. But Mm -hmm. with women, I'm just like that anyway, and I'm like, I've had really... I have had the classic (laughs) bad experiences of like, I think that this is going really well, and Mm -hmm. I ask a girl if I can kiss her, and she's like, what? What? (laughs) And I'm (laughs) like, no! (laughs) Having that like, oh, fuck, I... I didn't manage to communicate my queerness enough kind of thing or trying to negotiate that with women has been really, really hard. And I think it's a, it's a unique type of bisexual anxiety and just overall, bisexuals are a lot more likely to have depression and anxiety even compared to homosexuals (laughs) as well. Like it's just much more (laughs) likely. And I would say it absolutely comes from erasure, from cyclical coming out, from, the invalidation from... Yeah, having to
1: prove constantly that you're part of this thing, like, which is, it's also weird, right? Like, having to quantify, like, you can describe yourself Anyone listening out there, however the fuck you want. you don't have to fucking prove that to anybody because the only person that that actually has value to is you and the person that, sorry, people that you might choose to have a variety of different kinds of meaningful relationships with. I think... So much of these, you know, opinions about how people identify, like it's, it really does feel to me like other people making it about themselves. Like it's their own fears, their own weird hangups, like uh, how they've been brought up. You know, there's a variety of ways, you know, for, for why people think the way that they do, but it just kind of stinks sometimes like having to take that on when, you know, you're already you know, to varying levels, having trouble figuring that out for yourself. Oh. Mm,
0: mm. It's really it's really interesting. It's very difficult. It's very personal. People try and um, create rules for, like, bisexuals do this and queers do this. It is helpful in some ways, but it definitely gives me a personal crisis when I think a really femme lesbian asked me, like, well, you like you shave your hair and you have short hair and like that has to be because you're an anxious bisexual that needs something to tell people that she's queer, right? And I was like, "Is that what I'm?" Uh, How dare was, you
1: try and, and just read had a whole crisis. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just having a whole crisis and about what if it. What because... I
1: am? <laughs> What How's if I am any of your
0: business exactly like I like I like my own hairstyles like it makes me feel more authentically me, but then having someone say, well, is that authentically you because this signals queerness kind yeah. of thing because like I'm quite soft and quite femme and sometimes it's really hard to communicate queerness and so totally. being in a queer space and being with que- queer community makes that easier sometimes yeah. but it's definitely this whole thing of like I don't want people to forget this thing about me this is something that I suffered over this is something that is really important to me this is my identity and so wanting to flag it while also not wanting to contribute to there being rules visually is hard
1: <laughs> oh yeah I, there's a, you know lots of feelings around signaling I still remember mm. um you know, there was like a brief phase where I was like kind of interested in roller derby stuff. And like, mm. uh, you know, I was too scared of fucking my knees. And then, cause I'm a little baby. Um, my <laughs> name was going to be hemorrhage Granger, but you know, not into that, <laughs> you know, Harry Potter shit anymore. <laughs> 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 Fuck JK Rowling. Fuck you, JK Rowling. Fuck Ooh. you. Uh. <laughs> Trans lives matter.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> precious, precious beans. Um, yes. sorry, I'll step off my soapbox. Um, so, like, you know, it was probably one of the first, like, quite queer spaces that I'd been, like, hanging out in. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think it was a girl that I'd met through there. Maybe actually it was another job. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was basically dressed in, like, Doc Martens and, like, other, like, various, you know, shit from op shops because that's just how I rolled <laughs> um and yeah I was just sort of saying how like I didn't really know how to approach women and that sort of stuff she like looked me up and down and she's like how do people not know that about you <laughs> like <laughs> with you like stomping around like that and it's like at that time <laughs> I didn't even really realize that those things were like coding me as queer you know mm-hmm
0: Mm. And I'd also say that it is a queer bisexual slash pan superpower that I don't make assumptions on someone's gender identity, don't make assumptions based on someone's sexual orientation, don't make assumptions on someone's attraction to me, because I know that who I am borrows from so many different categories of assumptions around sexuality and gender and things like that, that I kind of I kind of attract people that tend to not be straight. Or they have very, very flexible and fluid ideas on gender performance. And that's very helpful for me. But it's an interesting thing, like talking to my partner who's male, um, talking to him about um, the idea of quote-unquote cross-dressing. And for, and for me, talking like when I when I wear a binder, when I wear a packer, when I'm going out and I'm just more explicitly masked, which I don't do as much now as I did when I was like 23, 24, It was really weird and both validating and stressful that when I presented myself in a very mask way, that is when women would come for me more. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, When women would compliment me more. (laughs) And I'm like, did I have to do this for you to have to be attracted to me kind of thing? Or is it because I've done something that's very different that you've reacted to? And like how are to deconstruct yourself
1: in that time? You know what I mean? Mm. Because there's so many, you know, different facets, right? I mean, I have been told, like, you know, colloquially from people that, like, you know, that, like, femme for femme is hard and, like, you know. I'm a pretty, like, I would say, like, high femme kind of lady. (laughs) Like, I definitely am getting more interested in some more kind of, like, mask presentation sort of stuff. But, um... Yeah, I I think it, you know I'm I mean I'm attracted in general to all kinds of people. Like I feel like my attraction with like cishet dudes seems to be like I have like a pretty visually standardized type, but even <laughs> everyone else is just like cool. It's just open season, <laughs> open beautiful season. Um, Lauren, I feel like we've talked a lot about like you know, uh, our journey and about why it's hard, um, but I really want to also make sure that we talk about why it's fucking awesome um, being under the Bisexual Plus umbrella.
0: Hell yeah, I think it is really important because as bisexual folks we are you know, there are many things statistically that is super hard about it and mm-hmm. I would encourage anyone who thinks that bisexuality is an easy sexuality to actually <laughs> do the work and have a look because it's really not. We're at a lot more higher risk for many, many serious things and so bisexual advocacy work is very important. Yes, uh, But on the flip side, you know, We've spoken a little bit about how it's gorgeous to just feel like there aren't rules for Mm -hmm. who's attractive and how they're attractive, and you don't have a crisis over – who you're attracted to and what they've got going on physically. Like there's mean
1: so much. Like I feel like there's so much about people visually and how they identify that then by the mere fact that you have an attraction to that in any way, then that has to mean this like big thing about who you are instead of just giving that the space where you can just have a fucking like feel your feelings and see, see what you want to do about that without Trying to make it into something, like just being in that moment, like feeling different kinds of attraction is delightful without trying to fucking, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, oh. <laughs> oh, God, no, I can't think of the word, so I don't know what, <laughs> what I'm going to do That's about all good. That.
0: no that's all right is it like is it like consequential or No, trying
1: to be like too smart about it you know I just can't think of what that word is (laughs) yeah
0: yeah like kind of like overthinking or overcomplicating or something
1: overthinking is like totally acceptable
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like as someone who is like who like for me having the label around pansexuality? There's a lot of pan versus bi discourse. Yeah. I don't think that the term itself bisexual is inherently enforcing the gender binary like some people do. Yeah, to that's me, a
1: misunderstanding. Like it l- is, it's a literal misunderstanding, and I'm sick of seeing about it. To be honest, like how how dare you infer? <laughs> things about me based on your own lack of education in this area like go and read some articles and come back to me
0: yes pansexuals looking down on bisexuals to be like well pansexual is evolved bisexuality I don't agree with Mm. for me pansexuality is a lesser understood label but to me it does give a little bit more room and a little bit more explicit laying the ground like to me I can communicate a little bit more explicitly that perhaps I have a bit more understanding or experience or to, to folks that are gender diverse or folks yeah. that are trans that I might be talking to, to be able to say, I'm pansexual. I feel like it can be a flag to say, I'm not going to be a total fuckhead about this because mm-hmm. they might have some anxiety because of issues with people that have labeled themselves as bisexual potentially but it is a really fraught area around the bisexuality versus pansexuality you're not going to get shade from us about identifying one way or the other you
1: call yourself what you want to call yourself like Mm. i actually saw an interesting thing in a bi group that i've been recently and you know talking about the bi pan debate Mm. that continues on and it just saying how some people you know using pansexuality it like as a way for like gold star of like well i have the room in my life for trans people you know give me a gold star it's like fuck that shit (laughs) like trans women women trans men men non-binary people non-binary fucking like it's really (laughs) fucking simple and all of these beautiful ranges of different kinds of people fucking fit under bisexuality And you, like, I just have, oh, it just, it it actually, sometimes it's things like this that, like, like, frighten me away from being part of queer discourse. But I've also had some good, robust discussions with friends around, there seems like so much fear around getting things wrong or saying the wrong words. And it's like, it's okay to to muck up or still be on your learning journey. Like, just, like, keep reading, uh, gracefully take, when people have other suggestions, it doesn't mean that like, because that's the thing, right? Nobody, like I can't speak for all bisexual people. Lauren can't speak for all pansexual people. We can't speak for all bi plus people because all of our experiences are so different. Our motivations behind the words that we use for our identities are so different. Our lived experiences are so different. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Another thing that's gorgeous about the bisexual plus identity and community is that we are 50%-ish of all of the LGBT community. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> lots of us. There's lots of us. People are statistically more likely to fall somewhere on the spectrum, and it mm-hmm. is a spectrum. It's oh, super yeah. duper a spectrum. And so I think finding the unique, without making it a circus or a big deal, finding out the individual attractions of someone talking about dating experiences mm-hmm. connecting authentically with a person where they're at is a very cool superpower it does make things more flexible in terms of if you want to explore non-monogamy whether that looks like play parties whether that looks like threesomes whether that looks like whatever else uh, having a more fluid or flexible sexual identity yeah. can make more things possible for you in a way I that's love very more cool
1: room. like that's mm. I mean that's something I've found very you know, personally joyful has been like exploring non-monogamy and this, you know, beautiful kinds of friends that I've made and where things like all hooking up with each other and like doing things like having kink play parties and like getting to experience these other like beautiful, intimate, vulnerable parts of people that you might not always get in traditional friendship has been like really gorgeous like I really have to say like embracing my queer identity has like made me feel it's made me feel like a lot more beautiful as a person I feel like so frequently um for uh, I guess my more straight passing life is it so? It, it, back to putting myself in the box, but you know, for being less to appease the people that I'm supposed to be romantically interested in. Whereas I feel like my queer community are so much like faster to celebrate me for who I actually am as I continue finding my style, which. very powerful and colorful definitely like self-sexualizing and you know I like the clothes that I wear and the makeup that I do it's all about getting closer like it's what makes me feel like the real me every time I put those things on and it's my queer fam that are just like yes like just so 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 much lovely complimentary things you know like how sexy I am how beautiful I am how powerful I am and just the way I am not when I'm trying to pretend to be less and I I just find that like very empowering um because of course like my fashion and my makeup and presentation is always for me first but I also you know I thrive off uh being consumed by others like it really <laughs> uh, brings And me a it lot is of the joy. queer
0: community that show up for us oh, when yeah. we dress loud or sexual or ourselves they're the community that are better at appreciating me sexually without objectifying me or making yes. me uncomfortable which is a Big skill difference. that the <laughs> hetero men have not mastered <laughs> no oh. queerness being in the bisexual plus community has given me so much more flexibility on the language I use in my relationships, the presentation that I have, the kinds of relationships I form. It's helped me do a better job of enunciating the platonic relationships I want, Mm -hmm. the other connections that I want to have. I have much less assumptions around what does family look like? What does dating look like? What does our relationship look like? And I think... It's, you know, when you are queer, you put everything up on a shelf and when it's at its best, you're the one that chooses what you want to take down from the shelf. You know, what do you want in your life? And that's just a really powerful thing. So it can be very, very boundless and very, very special. And we love our queer listeners. We love our questioning listeners. Mm-hmm. If you've got any questions around bisexuality, pansexuality, any struggles with your identity, if you've got cute coming out stories, we'd love to hear them. And uh, we hope everyone's had a gorgeous bisexual plus awareness week.
1: Yeah, my babies. Um, I hope that there was, you know, something in there for you and um you know we're all we're all doing our best out there but uh you know I'm really I'm really grateful to be in a part of my life where I feel very very proud of who I've become and as I continue building towards my most authentic self and you know my identity as bi is, is a big part of that and I feel the more comfortable I am and sharing that with the world it attracts more of the right kind of people who just you know are really building my life out to be so full of joy like it's truly like meeting you know Lauren and her partner you know Lauren was one of the first friends that I started making when I moved here and you know it was one of the i'd say you know foundation of you know stepping into the the non-monogamous side as well but like this beautiful you know pair of queers who were making making polyamory work they were expressing themselves they were actively part of queer community and i just feel like it's just really helped me find who I am through having such beautiful people uh in my life so I just feel really lucky so thank you oh, I'm gonna cry I love you Vix. so much I yeah, so too. <laughs> I'm like, that's why I was like looking away from the camera because like, I feel like I'm starting to cry like, just a little bit um <laughs> oh, <ugh. laughs> but that's
0: like I'm I'm so touched Vix and if, if I can be anything for you, like Erin was for me, if any of us can be even a fraction, tiny bit of help for any listener who's out there, any friends we have in our lives, like, that just means so much to me. This is the shit that means something in life. Yeah. So, thank you. Oh, my you.
1: God, everyone, that's... <laughs> underneath everything, all there is is love and people. <laughs> like, that's yes. all we've got, like... <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything else is distractions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everything else is capitalism and distractions. (laughs) Capitalism. (sighs) Well, babies, thank you so much for tuning in for the little baby-sode. It's not little,
1: it's huge. (laughs) It's huge.
0: It's a huge (laughs) one, but it's a (laughs) baby-sode. In that it's a single topic. So thank you. Thank you so much. We've done this because because it is um, Bisexual Plus Awareness Week. Um, it's celebrating bisexuality day today. Tell a fellow queer that you love them, yeah. you know oh my God, um, educate do it. yeah educate yourself if there's something that you feel you don't know. Don't make someone else explain it to you <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah but-, but I'd say that's just about all we've got time for, Vix.
1: Uh, yeah, we like. Well, I don't know how long we've. I, th- I feel like when we started this conversation, I'm like, "This is gonna be long, isn't it?"
0: <laughs> we can talk about this forever and ever, and we have talked about yes. it many times. It's and our light version. This is our identities, people. This is shit we've struggled with for years. So you're Hard gonna earned. fucking cop it. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, I guess, you know, we're going to continue doing our usual shows. So to continue making those awesome, we require some beautiful questions and topics that you would find interesting. So please feel free to slide into our DMs with any questions that you have at done wonderfully on Twitter. Or you can slip us an anonymous message on our Curious Cat, which you can find at Cat dot qa slash wonderfully done i just want to mention if you've been listening and enjoying the show please leave us a five-star review it would be wildly appreciated put some cute little words about what you liked did you like a specific episode we're hearing that leaving reviews is hard i know a bunch of you out there are listening on spotify spotify doesn't allow reviews uh so if you are if you're listening on apple or you have an apple itunes account please leave a reply there uh, they've split out Apple Podcasts and iTunes now I believe so you might have to do it through desktop uh, to be able to do that there are a couple of other options you can also review us on Stitcher that one is a lot easier as well to leave a review where all you have to do is you know do a very basic um, email account sign in and leave a review or you can do the same process on a website called Podcast Chaser, uh, which people are calling the IMDb of podcasts. So if, if you enjoy podcasts, like a fun way to, you know, keep together the podcasts that you're listening to, as well as a lovely place where you're actually able to individually review episodes um, or review a lovely podcast called Wonderfully Done with five stars that you've been super enjoying. <laughs> but... For us to succeed, uh, reviews really, really helps in how we rank. Uh, So if you would take five minutes out of your day to help us with that, we (laughs) would be wildly appreciative. Uh, Wonderfully Done, of course, can be downloaded wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And hey, you're doing wonderfully.